For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Good news because there's so much bad news and in, in the viral world out there. Good news. It's amazing how few people are actually getting sick because we're all wearing masks, which I think might have been like a good idea all along just because we share the things amongst us. And it's one of the ways we take care of our immune system is making sure we don't get things from other people in airborne ways. So even though there's a pandemic amongst us, it is pretty amazing how few clients and myself are getting sick in the last couple of years. And I just think it's good to start on that note. You know, we may have like a new virus we're trying to figure out in our system and figure out how to address it. But um, we are also having other things that are, are not affecting us nearly as much because we are being safer people in the world um, as we share space. Way to go community for having a little more boundaries. I'm liking it. <laughs> Maybe six feet apart is a good idea forevermore. <laughs> Until we hug or have a one-on-one, -on -one. not such a bad idea. I know we have a lot of questions. We like, do. And I love that. We have more questions than we can probably even handle in an hour. And they're juicy questions. They're like really involved. And I'm liking that because I think it's important we get more involved on advanced levels with ourselves and with our health. We don't have to just leave it to somebody else or wait for something to become a disease state. We really can track ourselves and uh, maneuver in the world very uh, independently for quite some time. And then again, I'm happy there's intervention, doctors, hospital, emergency room, ER. <laughs> I'm happy for those things when intervention is needed, but I feel like that kind of intervention is like this tiny little piece. And then there's all the day-to-day -day things we can do for ourselves. And immunity, I have a few interesting things. I hope everyone follows me this month because I went a little bit of a different direction in my content around immunity, you know, not just the lymph, and ooh, I did rewrite my whole lymphatic ebook. And man, what an improvement. Thank you for helping me with that, Andrea, very much. It is well improved and good read. But I'm also talking a little bit about immunity in like having immunity in the world. And what is it to have freedom? Because really that's a big part of immunity too, is freedom and choice and individualism and acceptance, right? So yeah, everybody stay tuned and enjoy.
Yeah. How are you, Andrea? You just had a birthday. Just had a birthday. Trucking along. Uh, yeah. And as you say, I'm really happy I haven't been sick in two years. Those masks kind of do the trick. And I do love your new lymph ebook. It's so tremendous and it's free right now if you sign up for our newsletter, which is amazing. So please take a look at that on our website and you can get weekly cool stuff that we let you know about, um, like the classes that are coming up. But I do know how many questions we have. So I want to dig right into that. The first question I'm going to give you came over through Instagram from a person named Roxy. Roxy says they've been dealing with swollen tonsils for the fifth time within six months. They're looking at how there was about a year that they smoked dabs around the time of their father's passing about four or five years ago. They believe that they royally damaged their lungs and has been dealing with some kind of recurring issue sounds like ever since. But right now, Roxy says they don't believe it's COVID, even though it definitely felt like it could have been, but they've had negative tests. Okay. But notice that it all started after they got tested for COVID the first time. So it makes Roxy paranoid about the test, but keeps feeling inflamed in the sinus area right above tonsils and then in the tonsils. Wanting to know how to care for themselves beyond having to go see a doctor or getting the tonsils removed. Roxy would really like to avoid that. Roxy says they get a lymph scrub massage about once a month, works out a lot, eats healthy, not binging on dairy, not smoking daily. And they said they can't shake that there's some deeper issue going on, um, having a lot of flare-ups. So just wondering what you're picking up on. I think Roxy's also going to be looking to get a one-on-one consult as well, right. but maybe first. Good. I look forward that. to that. Okay. couple different directions with a short amount of time, but I'm going to give you a couple directions. And it sounds like she has a really good foundation to be able to try a couple directions and see which one feels right. And speaking of feeling, I'm going to go into the one that's about touching self and kind of going a little further with that salt scrub since she's familiar with her lymph, you can hear that. But something we want to understand is we have our upper lymph and then we have our glandular and our lymph in our necks. We have our facial lymph connected to sinuses and our brain and our eustachian tubes with the ears. And then we have all the lymph, which we call warrior lymph up through the neck. And then as I think Roxy knows, but and many of you know, it drains right below the clavicle at the chest. And so if we really are going to think of the lymph system as a river, I'm giving you the easiest, wow, I hope this is the answer, because <laughs> it could be a game changer in a, in a moment, <laughs> in a couple days. And that game changer would be that you need to open up the lower drains, and then you need to open up the neck drains and then you go up into the upper sinuses and it all can drain. So think about it. Like if there's a dam in the river at your chest, then nothing up above upstream is going to be able to flow. And so it just kind of sits and then you get tired and the immune system speaks with pain and fatigue and stress. And then all of a sudden there's some pain or fatigue or stress. And then boom, it shows that it isn't draining and it's flaring and it can get stuck in those tonsils themselves. So I'm going to go to massage in the way that like, you know, you might have to go lower, like between your nipples where the thymus gland is like a little lower than just above at the clavicle. 
because it drains through the subclavian vein. That's where it meets the bloodstream. Sometimes it gets really gunky and sticky right there where it enters the bloodstream. And we need to just kind of open up those floodgates and just how much pain, because the lymph speaks in pain when it's not moving, it's going to hurt. That doesn't mean we avoid it. That means we got to pump it. We got to not go past productive pain, but when you're out of pain, you're going to know you moved that lymph. So a salt scrub is good for general and lymph and blood and circulatory cardio, but you may have to go in and find those lymph nodes that are manually needing drainage and pump them and gua sha them and, and breathe through them until they change and feel right. And that takes me, the reason I'm also going to that is because it wasn't like this was related to you had COVID and now things are weaker in your immune system. But what I'm really hearing is it started more with the dabbing and like dad and grief and yes, lungs. So I can hear you're concerned about your lungs, but before you even go to like, it's my lungs, they're a vital organ. I messed myself up, which can happen, but I'm going to kind of slow it down a little and I'm gonna let you know what is behind the lymph in the chest, which is your bronchial tree and all of your respiratory from like all those upper channels all the way down. So your lymph is sitting right on top, top of that bronchial tree. And when we smoke or when we're taking things internally that are in a smoke form or vape form, they don't just boom, go straight down into the lungs. They actually go into the bronchial tree and they also enter into the avioli, which is all the little feeding factors that like line the outside of your lungs. And often that bronchial is more what needs to change. And I just want to remind you that if you're doing cardio and sweating, the lungs really do know how to clean themselves pretty well with high amounts of breath and oxygen. But that bronchial tree, like you're going to have to actually move it. So that's where we start doing the Tarzan, you know, oh, you know what I mean? Like for real, because sound <laughs> moves the bronchial tree and breath moves it. And you're going to get in here and you're going to start moving this out. And it might make you like cough and get it expressing, but that would be a good sign because that means it's breaking things up. And we actually cough when our body's trying to move something. So that wouldn't be a bad sign. And you may even get a little bit more post-nasal drip, but that means things are liquefying. And that takes me to OSHA root. And it takes me to Ellen Campaign. And it makes me think of like chewing on rosemary. Like I cannot talk enough about how simple it is. Like there's rosemary at our Safeway parking lot. <laughs> it's free, <laughs> you know, and rosemary likes to be picked. It just grows bigger the more you pick it. But just chew on those rosemary leaves. I can tell you rosemary essential oil, it would go deeper. It would be more lung and you could do about eight drops a day, but even just chewing on rosemary and getting that fresh aromatic, the fresh essential oil, that rocks for moving that stuff out. But I think you need a little bit of the pounding Tarzan. I also like rock tapping, take two rocks and just literally tap one rock on the other rock. And it just gets this deep, deep earth-related vibration that gets a little deeper into your lungs and steam inhalations. And the bronchial does naturally drain and our lymph and our lower chest naturally drain when we clear out our upper sinuses. So I could say so much about the neti pot. 
and how important it is in general for clearing things out of our system. And it really does get into the back of your sinuses. And that's actually where those tonsils, they're connected. That's why we can swallow some mucus from our nose, right? They're connected. So it's one of the ways you could get to those tonsils. And the other last thing maybe that's just right here for me to think of is I want to empower people to go into their mouth. And we have a lymph node between every tooth socket. And we have a whole line of lymph underneath this jawline. And you can go in and you can just put your finger in there and you can pump, massage your tonsils and your adenoids and your salivary glands. And you're not going to hurt yourself. It's not going to hurt you. I've been doing it forever and I'm still here. <laughs> you can actually drain the tonsils a little bit and get the salivary glands to release. We get buildup in there and it's just sitting unless we exercise our right to move it. You know, I really just want to say like, what is it to get your finger in there and like check every two socket and where do you have little pockets that hurt and those need to be pumped just like something you found in the chest. And then, you know, really my favorite essential oils, because we could put COVID or like the chances that you have a little COVID kind of stuck in a lymph node, it does happen. It's really common. I'm seeing a lot of it. So doesn't mean you're contagious per se, but it does mean that there's something that didn't get remedied in that lymph node. And it just keeps kind of having still that response. And so there I'm going to talk about an essential oil called Nioli, which I have, and Himalayan cedar. And Nioli is N-I-A-O-U-L-I. -I. So it's not Neroli, it's Nioli. And it's warm and it's expectorating and it, it just totally is all about bronchial. You can even take, not a drop, but you can take a smudge on your finger and you can just like rub it in your mouth. It's safe to, I'm not really into ingesting a lot of oils, but you can certainly do dental care with that. I mean, even when you smell Naoli, you're like, whoa, that is an expectorant for sure. And it really moves the lymph. And it's incredible for viral load. And the other one I talk about all the time is alemi and myrtle. So it's like, I'm also giving you a list because like, what if you have one of these in your cupboard already? What if you have alemi, myrtle, rosemary, or nioli, or Himalayan cedar? Like those are really five very important essential oils that are about lungs, bronchial, lymph, and expectorating, you know, viral load. So those are good ones to know. And they're not very expensive ones either, which is really nice. They're cheap and they last a long time because Naoli only need like three drops, maybe three times a day. You rub it on your chest, take a little bit, put it on your neck, and then you can smear a little in your ears. You can smudge a little in your nose and then you can massage in your mouth. And then that's enough ingesting, you know, in my world of aromatherapy, that's enough because they're transdermal anyway. They're going right to your bloodstream. So that's my suggestion. And then obviously the one-on-one -on -one appointment would just give that much more individual care of like, is there something trapped in that immune system or not? Perfect. And Roxy, if you're watching, uh, you can check our website to get a link to get a consult scheduled. So uh, I hope you're able to get over there and find some relief. Do you have a passion to learn about your body and how to care for it? Love to geek out about anatomy and physiology? 
If learning new herbal and holistic remedies fires you up, you really must take Deanna's Clinical Foundations course. This is seven weekends with Deanna, surrounded by redwoods, learning Ayurveda and elemental theory. Hands-on and immersive, this class will change you. Class begins March 11th, 2022. If you register now, you'll receive $800 off the tuition. That's $800. It won't be available for long, so jump on it. You can pay in full or in 12 convenient payments. Learn more on our website, www.dianaessentials.com, and click on Education. So our next question says that I have a friend who is working with Shivambu, or urine therapy, It has been something I've heard of for many years and just recently started to feel called to this therapy. I'd love to learn more about it and ways to work with it. I plan on reading some books and diving more, but would love your take. I currently take thyroid medicine and have read mixed reviews around ingestion of Shivambu. My hope is to support overall health, adrenal, and reproductive vitality with this medicine. Thank you very much. Okay. So we're talking about urine therapy. And there's a few different names for it. My study of urine therapy is the yogic Vedic term, which is Amaroli, A-M-A-R-O-L-I. So I can, I can tell you what I know because urine therapy totally changed my health life. (laughs) So I'm not only a believer, but it is like shown me so many amazing factors and just really what it can do. And it just, for some people, they might be listening. They're like, this is disgusting. What are you talking about urine therapy? Yes, we're talking about using your urine. We're not talking about using anybody else's urine. (laughs) But in Ayurved, they do use like elephant urine and camel urine and cow urine for all kinds of different illnesses. But mostly what Amaroli is doing for you, and I'm just going to use the word I know it from because it's more natural. The way Ayurveda sees it is it's your body's natural, classical homeopathic remedy. So every vitamin and mineral you ate and ingested is broken down into minute little bits, kind of like macro to micronutrients. Our gases and our bile and all of our enzymes actually break it down to even more minutiae than that. And they become just chemical compounds. And anything that your body couldn't absorb the first time around is actually in your midstream urine and just is like literally, you want to talk bioavailable, like you want to sprout your seeds to make them bioavailable. Like that's literally what that midstream urine is. It's the most bioavailable vitamin and mineral and chemical compounds that your body could still utilize, but you didn't absorb them the first time around. So, you know, we think of urine as as just toxic and there is toxic foundations to urine. Like for instance, we do midstream for a reason, all the heavy sediment that you don't want to have to try to break down again, or maybe it was a heavy metal that, you know, was moving through all kinds of different things, you know, calcium that never liquefied because it's hard to liquefy in the body. All that sediment is in the first stream. Then you collect your midstream and you just have to learn how to do this get cozy with the concept. And then everything that was mucus forming or congestive is going to float on the top. And so that's why it's very specifically midstream 
in Ayurved and in my use of it, because when I got to the ashram, I had a deviated septum. I was coming from pretty major addictions. You know, I was only 23 when I got there. I was having addiction issues living in San Francisco. I had all kinds of problems. They basically said, you're type two diabetes. I'm so glad I was never diagnosed because I would have been put on insulin. And I am so thankful I was never put on insulin because I am nowhere near diabetic still to this day. And they just saw all these things and I had low thyroid and I don't have any of that anymore. And so I was put on urine therapy and I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. Like, where am I? And what am I being asked to do? And it was like, drink your midstream first thing in the morning. And I was just like, I can't, you know? I just, that's where I was. I was like, I'm interested. I want to know what this is. And our urine is sterile. That's proven. You know, if you look at anatomy and physiology. And so my teacher said, hey, let's just deal with your sinuses and your allergies. Because I also had 36 allergies. Now I only have one. I've outgrown every single one. I came home with like four. And now I'm down to one. Horrible problem in my childhood. Allergies. And he was like, we need to rebuild your septum. And so I want you to, if you're not willing to drink it, I want you to do urine therapy through your neti pot every day, twice a day. And he was like, this is going to clear your story and it's going to homeopathically clear you out, but it's also going to rebuild your septum. And I was just like, we'll see. Absolutely happened. I, there's no, I cannot even describe what I tell people when I'm teaching classes and I mention urine therapy and half the people are like, and the other half are like, Hmm, tell me more. I always say, look, the one thing you could do is you could get a wound. Like, you know, next time you have a wound or even like, you know, a hangnail or whatever, pee on it and you will watch yourself heal so fast. (laughs) it is unbelievable. And it's kind of like that proof, you know, like you're just like watching your skin just be like, and just seal up perfectly back together, like less scarring heals quicker. So I have people do urine therapy that have colitis, like for enemas. I was taught to do enemas with urine, neti pot with urine, drink your urine, steam with your urine and douche with the urine. So I've used it with people who have vaginosis and vaginal bacteria. I've worked with it with people who have like viral loads. This amazing, amazing Swami out of um, London, who was part of our ashram. I actually went and studied with her on my way back from India, Swami Pragamurti. And she works just with HIV And she was trying to get everybody on board. She was like meditation, yoga, and urine therapy. And she had a whole huge list of people who were positive, who tested and then became negative. So I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not saying this is going to cure HIV. I'm not saying this is going to cure herpes. I can only tell you what I have seen. I have seen people cure themselves of those things. Did I do it? No. And was it a pretty high feet? Yes. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not saying this is the end all and it's going to cure everything, but I am kind of blown away. I've never found like an essential oil that actually ridded herpes out of somebody's blood. (laughs) And I have seen that more than once with urine therapy. 
And I can't deny that people have done that and what it's done for me. I'm a true, true believer by proof. And that's why I say next time you get a wound, pee on it midstream a couple times a day because we pee all day long. And I think you'll be blown away to see what that does. Mamas also take urine from the babies and they do it as eye drops and they rub it in their gums for healthy growth of teeth and for healthy palate. So it's used with babies so that they learn their own classical homeopathic remedy. It's just really endless how it's been used over time. When I was in nutrition school, that's what I did my thesis on. I did the kidneys and the urinary tract connected to proving urine, midstream urine was sterile. And that just was a very important part. Just kind of like, I want to prove physiologically that this has a purpose and isn't a toxin as I do pass it on to people. I also have people soak their fungus, like a foot fungus. You can soak it in urine also. So then I'm just going to give you a couple more little things. When not to do urine therapy. So this might stop you right here. You can't drink alcohol and do urine therapy. You can't be eating chilies and do urine therapy and it will not taste good or feel good anyway. So you don't want to. You really need to have a really strong alkaline diet. It's usually paired with vegetable juicing in the morning. There's a lot of use in it as far as like go alkaline and make sure that's where your urine is. And some people get like, how do I know? And I'm like, well, you can get pH strips at the drugstore and you can literally do a little strip and check your urine and make sure it isn't high on the acidic. It can even be a little bit in the acidic, but just make sure it's not in that high and too much sugar can really affect it too. And then there's a lot of controversy around people using it when they're medicated. So somebody's living on like what was mentioned with this question, right? This question was mentioned with thyroid. So if this person is on thyroid medication, I'm not saying go off your meds and thyroid meds really are quite the regulating meds. So I wouldn't be saying that. I've had people use urine therapy with medication and still get great effects. But if you actually looked at Ayurveda and what do they say from two, six, 10,000 years ago, <laughs> but especially earlier times, usually most of the books say you can't do urine therapy when you're medicated. But I've seen many of people do it. And I've also worked with people who are, you know, HIV positive and they're on prep or some of the newer ones too. They're medicated, keeping them having a quality of life and they have used this with it and found that it is one of the best things for like keeping the lungs clear, keeping the sinuses clear. That is one of the biggest complications with HIV turning into full-blown AIDS is congestion factor. So when I was working at the Shanti Project in San Francisco, uh, which is mostly working with the trans community living in the Tenderloin, I was like, cutting their hair and cutting wigs to people's specifications. Oh my gosh, love that work. And then I was doing health. And one of the things I would do is I would tell them about using their urine and they were very open to that, but I would also just make sure that they were moving their congestion because the biggest thing is getting pneumonia. And that's really just a big buildup of fluid in the lungs that then causes an infection. So moving congestion 
with the HIV or not getting too congested with the person who has HIV or AIDS is very, very important factor. And I would have them just make their nice little electrolyte salt because it's also very inexpensive. And you just get some good, beautiful gray salt and I'd have them put two teaspoons in a two ounce bottle. And then I have them <laughs> snort it back a couple times a day. Be like, when you run out of salt, it's gonna be like 40 cents for more. You can get another bag for 40 cents at Rainbow Grocer. And that was really fun getting them acclimated to the health food store in their neighborhood. And one of the most iconic health food stores around, by the way. So if you're ever in San Francisco, everybody has to go to Rainbow Grocer. That place is so brilliant, but it's also close to my heart because that was my first health food store ever. And it changed my life because <laughs> I didn't grow up like that. <laughs> These are the things we have to think of. And I segued into salt, but there's a lot of electrolytes in our urine. And when you taste it, if you choose to, <laughs> you'll notice that it's got a very salty finish. And a lot of the things that didn't digest through our system first time around were the electrolytes because they have to be very well balanced in the body to make sure that you can break down calcium. And that's potassium, magnesium, chloride, sodium. We need four primary electrolytes, two positives and two negatives, making electrolytes, electricity compounds. And that's how we liquefy calcium in our body. And that is one of the beautiful things about Amaroli and using our urine is sometimes those things don't get assimilated and absorbed in our body. And then we're just peeing it out. It's like drinking water and then you got to pee. And then we know we're not really getting those essential electrolytes. And they really are seen as essential. We cannot live without them. And they, they're what calm down the kidneys and calm down the adrenals. So they're stress factors. That's good for stress. So Atlantic gray salt, everybody. If you've stopped using it, get back to it. If you haven't tried it, give it a 10-day challenge because it is not table salt. That's processed, not good for you. I would never want you to do it. Not even refined sea salt. You want a gray salt. I love my Atlantic gray salt. I like the way it's harvested and everything, but you can also do Celtic. It just needs to be gray and really wet in the name of an ocean. So you know that it wasn't processed. Whole food salt is completely different than processed salt. These are the things we would want to think of with Amaroli and the use of urine therapy. I wouldn't hesitate if you have a thyroid issue and you're not medicated. And even if you were, I actually would not hesitate to give this to somebody. It's glandular regulator because that's part of our whole homeostasis. So I am a fan and I never thought I would be. And I'm very thankful for the ashram for giving me that as my primary remedy on arrival. <laughs> really put me on my edge right from the very beginning <laughs> and was life-changing for me. I can imagine that this is information that you'll probably be talking more about in my body mapping, particularly the hydration component of that. And yep. we do have a couple of comments in okay. the chat. Martha's here. Hi, Martha. She said that she heard that our urine has stem cells and everything our body needs in it. Right. And then we've got Lady Fang who asks, how would you intake the urine for herpes in therapy? Okay. So the first thing would be you can use it on outbreaks 
And you can even put your midstream urine on a pad and then pack it on or like do a, a compress of your urine. And it's really good for drying up those kind of wet blistery outbreaks. So that is one way to use it topically. But if we're really talking about changing your entire viral load, and I'm going to just cross my fingers for you because, you know, that's going to be either in your destiny or not. And I think there's also going to have to be other things you do. But if you're adding urine therapy into your protocol for herpes, you really are going to want to drink it. The neti pot isn't going to do it. The Nothing's going to do it, but drinking. So as soon as we're going into viral load, and the same thing with HIV and all of these things, you're going to want to ingest it. And you're going to want to ingest like a good fourth of a cup three times a day. So first thing in the morning is your most concentrated vitamins and minerals. It's the strongest urine you have. So it's the strongest medicine. And then you're going to start saying, okay, I haven't peed in a while and I'm full. And so, you know, that would be a time if you feel like you're just moving a bunch of water through the day, that's not very concentrated urine, but you would want to pick three times a day where you feel like your urine is really a little bit more in its concentrate. How do we know it if it's in its concentrate? We know by color. So the more yellow you think your urine's going to be, because come on, we can feel this stuff in our bladder. Like when I'm full of water, I could almost be like, that's water in there. I'm going to go pee and it's going to be water, <laughs> hardly any color. And then there's other times when you're like, Ooh, that's a little heavier. Like I can feel that in my bladder, you know? And I usually know when I'm going to have a little bit thicker, more bile yellow and there's bile salts, the more yellow, the more electrolytes there's bile salts in there that made it yellow. And that's what breaks down fats. So there's all kind. Oh my gosh, I could, we should do a webinar on Amaroli and just like lay out all the details because <laughs> I've used it a lot with high cholesterol clients too, and heart conditions, <laughs> but you'll need to drink it and you'll need to drink it daily, routinely, and you'll need to keep getting tested. You're going to have to also find a doctor that's willing to retest you. And this is the problem for people living with viral loads that are considered uncurable is we never test again. So we really are not giving our bodies a chance to say, Hey, I outgrew that. <laughs> I out to that. Like we're not giving our bodies a chance to do it. So sometimes somebody will have a viral load pulse. I'll be working with them and I'm going to give you a good year on this. I'm sorry, but it is not going to be quick and it is not going to be simple. And then all of a sudden that viral load changes and they haven't had any outbreaks. And sometimes people don't have outbreaks to tell them anyway. And then all of a sudden the pulse is gone and it stays gone and something's different and they're feeling different. And then I say, maybe you should go get tested. And sometimes you can't get your doc to retest you. And then that's when I'll send people to Planned Parenthood because you can just go and get an appointment and be like, I need to know if I have herpes or not. Whereas a doctor who knows you already have it, sometimes they'll refuse to retest you. And so you're going to have to kind of go out on your own and, and investigate where can you get retested? Because that's not something your doctor's necessarily going to want to do because they just think you're living with it. So why retest? And, you know, there used to be a whole entire organization in San Francisco for this whole concept who taught me this retesting, which is called ACT UP. I don't know if any member members of the day, I have very, very fond memories and I worked 
so hard for them. I was the pamphlet. I was out in the world just handing out pamphlets, you know, because um, I was also working for Immune Development Trust and doing needle exchange, you know, and so I was like, hey, you get yourself healthy, you retest. Like, what about that? And that's really what it was based on is what if your body can acclimate and, and change things? And unfortunately, we don't even look at this conversation anymore. This conversation of HIV and AIDS, it's alive and a well <laughs> and thriving. And now we just mask it with a bunch of drugs and live with it. And we aren't really considering that like, that's it takes a big toll on our immune system. And that's like living with a lot of fatigue. And then you have to know how to detox your liver and your spleen because you're really needing to live on a medication. And so there's a lot of things that we still have to be responsible for. We can't just be like, okay, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's like, no, if you really want quality of life, there's still some things to think about there. Not against those medications at all. It's keeping people safe and alive. <laughs> But what then do you need to do for those meds? And how do you have to treat your liver accordingly? And what about being healthy enough to believe that our immune systems can completely rebuild themselves because they can. And I think it's something that's not being discussed enough with all the fear of COVID and the fear of contagious things. Like we're living in fear and fear is cold, it's inert. And we're living in that inertia more than like, wait a minute, how does the immune system actually work? <laughs> and it does know how to restore itself. Our thymus gland knows how to learn to digest and figure out a foreign invader. And once it knows how to do that, then it starts killing that foreign invader and it doesn't have the right to live in your body anymore. But we're talking about having to take some steps in your self-care. <laughs> There's going to be some things you'll have to do to really be in what I like to call like true health, no matter whether you're living with the disease or not. What is it for you to still be in your sovereignty and your control of your true health? And it's, it's just education. So again, I hope everybody kind of follows me along this month because we're going to be doing a lot of how do you touch your lymph? What do you do for your lymph? How do you assess your lymph? You're going to see it works. You feel better. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. We do have another question that popped through uh, in the chat. Uh, I think we'll have uh, just enough time for that today. It comes from Jana. Uh, she says, hi. And she's uh, wondering, she needs to get a tune-up kind of uh, in her understanding of spilanthes for mold exposure treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, so she'd love a refresher on the properties of that herb for treating mold exposure in sinus and lungs. Okay. Well, spilanthes is one of the most interesting looking flowers ever. It's very phallic. <laughs> it's like long, big top. And then these cute little flower petals around the base of it. It's just the most adorable flower. And when you touch the flower, whether it's fresh or dried, very sticky and resinous. So it is the components in that resin that definitely do the job for breaking down mold. It's another one that's antiviral. It's another one that's for herpes and viral loads. But this person knows I use this for mold all the time. And 
we have to know that resin, like if you just take spilanthes flowers and put them in a steam, you'll smell it, you'll get it because it's really strong, but you're not getting all of its components because resins are not water soluble. So I have to add like a little bit of yogurt in that water, or I have to add a little bit of uh, milk, some kind of milk. I need some kind of fat that is going to really bind it. Oils don't do it alone, um, but you're going to need something that's going to really allow you to get everything. If you chew, the spilanthes will make your mouth really numb. So you only need like the tiniest little bit of that flower. Like one flower can last you like three or four days. And you just take the very little pinch it and just put it in your mouth and you keep chewing it. And then the enzymes, amylase, that are in your salivary glands come out and literally break down the components of that resin. So we ourselves make that water soluble by enzymatic process. But if you're going to do like a steam with it, because people use it for like getting into their sinuses, because, you know, mold is mostly on fabric is what's affecting us. And we don't realize like there's mold on that window seal. Well, guess what? That means there is absolutely mold on that pillowcase and that sheet and that blanket and the comforters that we use forever and take a long time to clean. <laughs> and we, we get used to the smells. And then we're rubbing up against it <laughs> when we're sleeping. And then the mold gets in through all of our orifices. So the thing about doing a steam with it is, you know, you're getting into your ears, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and it's infiltrating that bronchial tree and then down into the lungs from there. You're going to get a lot deeper lung health from chewing on that spilanthus and really getting it to activate with your salivary glands. And then you're swallowing it. It's getting down into your stomach because people get mold in their stomach because they swallow it at night or it's on their toothbrush. And then they're swallowing it, which is super common. I got to talk to people about that all the time when they have mold. And, and then it gets to the stomach and the lungs. So we have to keep that in mind. And in those resins, since... Jana asked specific about like components. So resins have some very special chemical constituents in the world of essentials. And that is that they have ketones, which other ketones are some crazy heavy hitting oils. Like a lot of oils that actually are off the market because they're not safe for just general humans to use. So ketones are considered neurotoxic with overuse, but resins have ketones, which like rock foreign invaders, yeast, it, it could be fungal, it could be bacterial, it could be mold. And those ketones are in there, but they're with aldehydes and they're with what's called terpene alcohols. And don't think of the word alcohol here as drying. It's actually a wet oxygen component in chemical, in chemistry. And that combination makes that kick butt ketone <laughs> safer to use and slow releasing in the system. And that's the beauty of all these resinous things like vetiver or spikenard or frankincense, you know, or spilanthes. I tried to do a spilanthes essential oil once with somebody. I've also tried OSHA. Both of them totally destroyed the distillation. It's that resinous. It like just 
mess those stills up. And that's why we don't see them, though I have the most beautiful Osha essential oil. I will hoard it till the moment I die. But yes, Spilanthes, we couldn't even get it to yield. So I wish we could get those in essential oil because those are two of my favorite things for mold. Um, but put it in your mouth and you've got all the enzymes to just do that converting. If you do put it in a little bit of milk and water into a steam, please don't dump that steam off. Like leave it, boil it later, boil it later, boil it later. Like there is so much in that little flour. It will literally just keep releasing and getting stronger and stronger. And that way we're not wasting these precious plants and we're really getting the most out of them, you know, and one steam's not going to do it anyway. If you're trying to get rid of mold, you'll need to do steam and chew on these each day. That's kind of what I would say. And again, those chemical components of spilanthes is the ketones with your aldehydes, with your terpene alcohols. And that's what makes them so special in their ability to break down a microbe, oxygenate it to kill it and actually keep moving it out of your system at the same time. That is a plant I know a fair amount about. So I'm glad someone asked because it's a plant a lot of people don't even know, but I've actually done a lot of, a fair amount of study on that because I would love to make essential oil, but I can't figure it out. That's amazing. I've, I've been briefly acquainted with Spilanthes and it is a fascinating plant. So I'm hoping I'll encounter it again sometime. Special thanks for the music and talents of Gents Jarvie. You can hear him on Spotify or on his website, J-E-N-S-J-A-R-V-I-E and theheartwideopen.com. Well, the hour has passed. It's time to wrap up, unfortunately. And... We did not get to a question that Martha had, but we are going to work on that. We might take it offline and answer you directly, Martha, on that one, or we might bring it around for the next time around. Um, and we do have some more questions that we'll have in two weeks. Yes. So I hope that you find some relief from the items that you all ask today and that you are considering more the ways that you can support your immune system, your lymph system. And if you have questions about how this whole lymph system works, I have to tell you the, my body mapping course is amazing to get you completely calibrated for every aspect of your life. And right now it's 200 off. So we've got a link right there pinned at the top of the chat. Um, and I hope that you take a look, we've got a whole list of everything you'll learn, which is seven weekends of amazing information. And it's, it creates a lovely community. You find out all the other folks in the world that uh, are on this journey with you. So I hope that you'll take a look. Uh, it starts in January. So it makes great sense. things in that class, like they're yeah. foundational. You might look at it and be like, ah, oh, rest, drink, eat. Like, I know these things. It goes way beyond that. Not to mention we read the face and we read the tongue, you know, and you can send me a picture of your tongue. So everybody gets a free tongue assessment during that class. And there's just some things in there that are to use for the rest of your life. You know, list of foods that you can take to the store that help you figure out who you are and help your friends too. 
because it's something where you can actually like, let me look at your face. <laughs> let me look at your tongue, you know, and then we start helping each other in, in really precious ways. But I'm very excited about that class. And, and can I finish with a, do you have anything else you need to say? I don't know if I interrupted you. Oh, no worries. Um, I also wanted to put in there folks that really want to take it to the next level. We also have an amazing, um, reduced price on the clinical foundations course that is coming back in March in person. Very exciting. So that right now is at a really reasonable price. So take a look on our website. It's 800 bucks off right now. Yeah. It's amazing. And then also just to put a little uh, bug in your ear, if you're thinking of introducing any loved ones this holiday season to any lovely self-care practices, or if you need to stock up, we're going to have a 15% off discount on our entire website. So keep an eye open for that. Um, That's going to be happening quite soon. So yes, Deanna, let me know what you've got to say. Well, my last bit of advice for everybody is none of us are immune to judgment and none of us are immune to gossip And none of us are immune to negative conversations. And when we have negative conversations behind someone's back, or when we're gossiping about our opinion versus somebody else's opinion, or judging somebody's choices according to our own choices, I just really want us to go to a big picture of how do we flow as a world and as humans living on this earth together. And it really starts with like being respectful to each other and making sure we're being accountable for what we're saying and making sure we are listening to ourselves and really hearing what we is coming out of our mouth or what we are thinking. And you are not immune to speaking negatively or judging yourself either. So if you really want to talk about what brings a community down on a contagious factor, gossip and judgment and not respecting people's choices is absolutely the foundational factor to what weakens us in our immune system and as a world and as a culture and as each community functions together. And I just think if we could all be a little bit more happy and positive and upbeat together, imagine what that could do in the next year for us, because the negative isn't working for anybody and talking behind each other's backs is not working for anybody. And if we could all change that, I feel like we could like change the world. And so I am practicing that and I am asking everyone to see what they can do to practice that in their life. So thank you all for joining me and thank you, Andrea, for always being by my side and, you know, just helping me through the years. And I hope I've helped you also. And I hope everybody out there helps everybody as a community by talking more kind to one another. This is My Body, a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, 
ancient arts and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.